वेलकम टू द पॉड प्रोज सीरीज ऑफ इंडियन पॉडकास्टिंग रेवोल्यूशन इन दिस सीरीज वी सेट अक्रॉस सम लीडिंग पॉडकास्ट एक्सपर्ट्स फ्रॉम अक्रॉस द ग्लोब टू डू सम क्रिस्टल बॉल गेजिंग अराउंड द राइज ऑफ पॉडकास्ट दे शेयर विद अस द टिप्स स्ट्रेटजीज एंड द डिस्ट्रक्टिव वर्क दे आर डूइंग इन द वर्ल्ड ऑफ पॉडकास्टिंग आई एम योर होस्ट एंड फाउंडर ऑफ डन फॉर यू पॉडकास्ट रोशनी परोनिया एंड व्हाई वेट फॉर द लेट्स जंप राइट इन Launching a podcast is just one piece of the puzzle but what breaks your head is marketing it and finding an audience that actively engages with your podcast an audience who just doesn't follow the podcast but takes action when you say go click the link in show notes or download that pdf now the million dollar question is how do we do that and that's what we are decoding here today with none other than Joni Doish a seasoned professional of the audio media industry and a veteran so to speak because of her long standing career of more than 13 years in this audio space currently joni is the vice president of marketing and audience development at podglomerate podglomerate does production distribution and monetization for some of the industry leading podcasts like better call paul freelancer to founder freakonomics radio jason fivers built for tomorrow messy situations and so many more i'm thrilled to have joni for today's conversation let's get started hey joni i am so thrilled to have you today with us for this conversation how are you feeling today i'm feeling great especially because we're talking about podcasting and that's my favorite thing to talk about Yes indeed and that's why we have you here. So let's get started from the start of your career in audio media space journey because you've been in this space for more than 10 years. How did it all begin? How did you land up doing marketing for podcasts? Yeah, you're right. As of 2023, I've been in the space now for at this rate not to age myself but nearly 13 years in audio. And I fun little story i actually started my career in audio not in audio but as a physician or i should say pre medicine thinking i was going to become a physician in college but i saw a campus newsletter announcement in college that said hey does anyone want to become a dj or work at the local public radio station on campus and at the time me doing biomedical research in the lab i thought yeah let me do something that's not science related And so that was the start of my career in audio and radio was simply trying on something that I had passion in but didn't know I could have a professional career in. And then that's grown over time from me doing content development and creation to marketing. And so to your question, I feel as if you can't just do content creation. You can't just be the host of the show. You can't just be the producer of the show, the editor. You should also have that little thing in the back of your head saying who am i making this for in terms of the audience why will the audience care why is this going to make a difference and why should they pick this and so that's why it's important to know marketing to understand that component because otherwise in this landscape millions and millions of shows are out there and pieces of audio how can you differentiate yours from the others and ensure that an audience maybe not the largest audience but an audience is out there that would want this Yes, rightly said, and I'm sure with that you have set the context right and the stage right for us to have this conversation about what, after all, marketing of podcast is all about. And yes, it was quite fascinating to know that you went to study, uh, like, be a physician, and has somehow landed here. So people who are looking for 
career guidance, please don't go to Joni. Only go for marketing <laughs> advisory to her. <laughs> but, but you know what? If I can give advice, I would say this. There is no point in your life where you should say, I'm too old to do something. I don't have enough experience to do something. It's too late in the game for me. So just consider that. Podcasting is a great medium for anyone to be a part of, no matter your background, your expertise level, if you have a career in media or not. So if anything, that's inspiring. But don't come to me if you want me to fix your leg. I'm not going to do that. I can't, I can't do that. True, true. So, okay, talking about our zone of genius, which is marketing of podcasts. And if we go back to basics there, when does it all start? What is the starting point of designing a marketing strategy for a podcast? When does it happen? When you, even before you conceptualize and think about the podcast or it happens at the time of the launch or after you have launched it, there is a little bit of traction, you've got some listener feedback and then you start thinking about, okay, now how we are going to spread the word. So when does it kick in? It's a great question. And you know, I would say that it can be a case by case basis, right? Because you could have a show where maybe you don't want to invest a ton of resources into it at the get go, because to your point, you do want to experiment, see what you want to do, see what works. And then you can make the major investment into marketing once you know the tone and the tenor and, you know, what the goals are. And that's perfectly fine. Wait until after maybe a few episodes launch. You get a sense of, stability and a sense of what you're doing. And then you can really go, you know, full speed into promotions, advertising, cross promotions, the list goes on. But I would say this at large, and this could probably fit a few different categories of whomever's listening to this, that it's great to be able to have an understanding of who your audience is and the marketing ideas around it, around the time that you're starting your work on the podcast. So I say this because when you think of marketing, you think of all the components involved that can include branding, that can include promotional vehicles or where you're going to establish yourself online, maybe on a certain social media platform versus another because your target audience is on one over the other. And those kind of decisions are made as you are beginning the process in creating a podcast. So the title of your show, the artwork for your show, the visual design elements, the copy and how you're describing it. Those are things that you're likely thinking about in the first few stages of podcast creation, and they all have tenants involved with marketing and audience growth. So I would just say that, yes, take a few days, a few weeks, consider what you want to make. But around that time, as you're still brainstorming, really consider too, how can this line up with potential marketing ideas that can help set it up for success? So what I hear you saying is that there are a few tenants that you should be mindful about at the concept level while you are creating the show. But then there are the promotional vehicles that you should trigger or you should accelerate when you've had certain amount of traction, a little bit of data points to see where the listener is sticking, where they are not, and then uh, get into that. So we will uh, surely touch upon the promotional vehicles, but... Um, as you also said that what are your podcast goals and according to that, you should develop your marketing strategy. So what are some key parameters that you take into consideration? What data sets people should keep handy or goals that they should be defining well when they are defining or designing the marketing strategy for a podcast? Well, I would say qualitatively, you know, parameters I would consider would be what is your inspiration board, Right. So if you're creating a podcast that is in the business category, 
then I would recommend for qualitative purposes, looking at what are the shows that are within the business category that you should be mindful of because they are at the top of the charts, because they have guests that you'd love to have on your show because of the type of uh, promotional vehicles they're utilizing, the social media platforms they're on, the artwork, the visual design, the titles, all those attributes, which for your reference or for the you know person's reference out there, can indicate to you how can you either lean into the category or how can you differentiate yourself so that you don't feel like a carbon copy of it. So that's what I would do qualitatively is create that vision board of what are the things that you're drawing inspiration from or the things that you want to make sure that you have a unique selling proposition for your own entity. Now, quantitatively, if we're looking at numbers, there's a few different things I'd keep in mind. One is that there are some stats out there around success. I'm saying success with air quotes around them for those looking at video because it is an individual idea of what your goals are and what you define as successful. And whether that's you getting a million downloads in a month's time, if it's you getting five comments on your social media post or on your podcast. But if you're looking at success in the sense of how your podcast is generating downloads compared to others in the field, look to research from a few different websites and sources. Edison Research, they have a study called The Infinite Dial I would turn to. There's also some um, surveys that come about through the pod news and also through Sounds Profitable. Basically, all these platforms that can give you some guidance as to what is the industry looking at right now in terms of success if you look at downloads within a seven-day or 30-day period when an episode goes live. Look at those numbers, and that's going to be able to give you an idea of maybe what is something you should be gearing towards. But my concern here is that when you go by the parameters or the metrics that define, then they are a little bit skewed or they are not directed towards an independent podcaster. They primarily are for business podcast. Even if an independent or individual podcaster is creating a podcast for their business, still it's difficult for them to reach those numbers. Then how does it all work? What is the success metric for them? Yeah. And that's a good question. You know, I will say that the studies have come out of the firms like Pew or Edison Research or Sounds Profitable, it's a range, right? So they do focus on a combination of independence on genre-based podcasts. So if it's business-focused podcasts versus science tech podcasts. So I would just encourage everyone would recommend looking into them because there probably is some stat in there that is relevant to what you're working on. With that said, you know, to your comment of just independent podcasts, like what is feasible? What's within reach? Just because they're at a different time and place than, let's say, a Joe Rogan podcast or an international podcast with millions of downloads. Completely understandable. I would just say in that point then that, you know, looking to a benchmark goal, let's say starting out with 100 downloads in a 30-day period, I think for an independent podcast with no pre-existing audience base would be an excellent goal to start with. And then Try to see if there's a way to create that curve so that within a month, one month's time, it's 100 downloads. And then within a three-month period of time, see if you can increase that by 50% and continue growing on that path. Now, of course, that would entail, one, making sure that whatever platform you're using for podcast hosting, it is going to provide you some data points. So yes, downloads is great, but also can it give you audience demographic information. So you can get a sense of who your audience is, where they're listening, which apps they're listening to the podcast on. And then that can help fuel your marketing strategy to understand which platform should you be targeting for app features. 
Where should you be pitching your podcast to so that you're hitting the target audience where they are and the interest that they have? So it is quantitative and qualitative that you're going to have to bring together as you're releasing these episodes into the world. That's uh, beautifully said, because uh, I agree to that point that it's not just the download numbers, but maybe getting to the right demographic is one of your goals. If probably your show is something which is curated only for women audience, then if you have a demographic analytics, which is showing 100% women listeners for your podcast show, that's a good goal achieved. So so yes, there could be multiple uh, success metrics you can define for your podcast. Talking about the promotional vehicles at uh, Podglomerate, you have some interesting ways of growing podcast audience, which reels into expanded distribution strategies, PR media, cross-promoting with other podcasts, merchandising, paid promotions. So can you talk to us a little bit about each of those and help us understand what each of that mean? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I'd love to be able to talk to this. So uh, for reference, the Pyglomerate is a firm where we work with a wide range of podcast clients and brands, whether it's uh, PBS, if it's an NPR member station, if it's HubSpot, or if it's iHeart. And then we work with other entities that are outside the media space, like Harvard or Stanford or MIT. So we work on a wide range of shows, whether it's a Freakonomics radio show that has millions of downloads to its name and is a business sort of show, or if we work on a science and nature show with PBS Nature. So I bring that up because every show is going to have a slightly or entirely different way and approach for our capabilities as a podglomerate to work with them on marketing and on growing their audience. And that's because exactly what we're talking about. Their audiences are all different. Their capabilities are all different. Maybe they're coming in with pre-existing audience numbers because they're pre-existing show, or maybe they are a brand new show launching So they have no numbers to their name. And that's important to note because then we need to determine, well, how can we do cross promotions with a feed if it's not already established versus others where if they already have so many downloads, we can easily immediately start with cross promotions to that level. So all these are good considerations. And so to your question of what do we do, we do a lot of different things. One of the techniques we utilize is pretty straightforward PR. So If we're working with a show with an established host, maybe they have subject matter expertise on a certain subject or subjects, we'll position them. We'll do publicity. So we'll pitch them as the host of the show to other media outlets so they can talk about a subject related to the podcast. So we're promoting the podcast by proxy. So we could do email newsletters, radio broadcasts, television shows, you know, anything to be able to get them positioned onto. We can also position them on podcasts for interviews. So we have a full out campaign where we basically look at any podcast that would fit what they do and what they can speak to. That could be daily news shows. It could be philosophy interviews, roundtable discussions, the list goes on and on. Other capabilities we do though, they range from cross promotions. So us looking at podcasts that are comparable, whether it's because they're in the same genre, they have the same tone, same target audience, and we're able to work with those podcasts, those external podcasts on cross promotional efforts. So basically. Can we do a swap where in exchange for us, our client, promoting the external show with a 30-second or 60-second spot, then they, the external show, can do the same for our client, basically promoting our show in their feed. And there's a wide range of capabilities there, whether it's an ad swap or a cross-promo swap, or if it's a feed drop. In that case, it's can the external show drop an episode of our client show into their feed 
We provide them an intro script. They can say, hey, folks, today on the podcast, we're giving you a special episode from our friends over at, insert name here. Those sorts of things drive audience growth in a great and meaningful way. Because as you can imagine, podcast listeners are listening to podcasts. So if you're thinking of it from that angle of how you're going to grow your podcast, look to where podcast listeners are. And that means podcast feeds and also podcast apps. And that's one of the other things we do. You mentioned merchandising. When we refer to merchandising, really what we're saying is app features. So we work with a wide variety of podcast apps from Apple Podcasts to Spotify, Stitcher, the list goes on to be able to secure app features in them. So if you go to your favorite app, whether it's GeoSavin or if it's uh, TuneIn, and if you see those editorial features of a podcast in them, or maybe a collection around a certain month, we work with those apps to find relevant opportunities for our shows to be highlighted then. And the list goes on for our capabilities. We set up Twitter spaces or Reddit AMAs and communities. We do ad sales, or I should say, finding ways that we can utilize a budget to have a podcast ad on another podcast or in an app. Things like that, that can really build up over time. But again, the list goes on and on, and the capabilities are just growing as the podcast industry grows. And I particularly liked the idea of a feed swap where you directly get to, in fact, host an entire episode or an entire conversation on someone else's podcast. That is a massive opportunity. And I think it ties back to the point which you made earlier, which was about quantitative search and qualitative search where uh, you need to understand your competition how you are similar or differentiated with them. And during that search itself, you would have come across these podcasts and you can go back and pitch to them for a feed swap or a cross promotion or whatsoever. So yeah, that ties into that. And I'm sure each of these activities and each of these strategies are very immersive in nature. What would you suggest an independent podcaster who has a very limited bandwidth should focus on first? Yeah, it's, Excellent point to make because I'm thinking that if you're an independent podcast out out there, you're not only the creator of the show and the host of the show, the script writer of the show, an interviewer, you're doing everything else that's not related to the content creation. So let me just say that when we were talking about goals earlier, one of the goals is that we do not want you to burn out from making a podcast. We want you to be able to feel fulfilled and to feel like you're creating something and now feeling like this is a burden. Because pod fade, the idea that you stop a podcast after a few episodes because you are burnt out, pod fade is a real thing in the industry. So yeah, exactly. Great point. I would say that if you're looking at, let's say, easy tactics for marketing purposes, one thing you can do is you can simply look at the top of the podcast charts in whatever category is relevant to you. If it's sports, if it's arts and culture, if it's business. Look at the few shows on there that you think within reason you can reach out to. I'm not saying you should reach out to the very top of the charts that might not be feasible because they're a really, really big show and you're growing, but maybe look to the bottom of that genre category or look to ones that maybe you have a personal connection to, whether you listen to them, maybe you know someone who works on them or you follow one of them on social media. Look at a few of them and find their email addresses. You can do that if you just simply go online, go to their LinkedIn profiles, go to their Facebook pages, or even find their social media platforms and message them and say, hey, I'm working on this show. It's about this topic. And I would love if you, the host of my favorite show, could be a guest on my show. 
Or would you, the host of that show, be interested in cross-promoting where maybe in exchange for you being a guest on my show or promoting my show, I could do the same for you. So you can just arrange in some way to say, look, I like what you do. I'd love to be able to do something for you. Would love to discuss further. Just do that a few times. Set up a goal that maybe once a month or once every few weeks, you do outreach to some shows that you think would be relevant. Maybe they're based in your region. Maybe they're based in the same genre. Maybe you're friends with them already. Could be any number of reasons. But I would say this too. It's something that is a relationship that you grow over time. So in the case of pitching yourself, let's say that you have subject matter expertise around something. I would recommend reaching out to regional media. It could be people that do email newsletters where you're from. It could be radio broadcasters and journalists. It could be any number of people that do something in media coverage. Reach out to them now as you're building up your podcast. You can say, hey, I wanted to reach out because this is who I am and I'm creating a podcast and this is what it's going to do. And I just simply wanted to reach out to let you know about it. I'd love to keep you in the loop as it's still being made. And you know, if you're comfortable with it, would love to actually share some early audio with you because I love your thoughts. I value your opinion on this. Grow a relationship and see if they need anything from you. Ask them, hey, would you need some assistance? Or hey, if you need an interview for something, I'd be happy to provide my services because I'm a subject matter expert on X topic. Do that now. Because as you grow that relationship over time, there's going to come a point in the next few months where that reporter, that journalist, that podcast host may say, hey, you know, appreciate you letting me know over time. Or hey, appreciate you giving me some feedback earlier. Would love to be able to have you on the show to talk about the new show that you're launching. So start doing that now, growing the seeds, nurturing them. And who knows where they're going to end up. And that's what uh, we actually say, always say in our uh, sales consulting also. So for those who don't know, I have my background in sales consulting and business consulting. And we always used to say the same thing, plant the seeds and you never know when it will grow. So interesting. So now that we've touched upon uh, Joni a little bit on the marketing bit, which will result in audience growth. Let's talk a little bit about audience engagement. How do we ensure that once the listener comes, they stay, they stick around, and more importantly, they do what we are asking them to do, like click the show notes, uh, click the link, go to the website, download the PDF, whatever. (laughs) So it's like getting into their head. How do we do that? How does the engagement happen? Well, there's a few things to consider. One is what is the one thing, the one thing that above all else you want them to do for you? And the second question here to ask yourself is how can you make that the easiest thing possible for the audience to do for you? So they're not having to spend hours doing it or finding a link. And the third thing too, is how are you promoting this fact? Because let me just say quickly, if you're putting a question out to the audience at the very end of your episode, in the credit section, if you will, think of it as like a movie theater experience. How many people out there are actually staying through the end of the credits, forgetting if it's a Marvel film because they always have something at the end of the credits. You want to try to get that messaging up sooner to the audience and more prominently to the audience because otherwise they may not hear it. They may not see it. If you're going to just tack it on at the end as a, hey, please do this. Okay, bye. So those are the three things to consider. And if you're thinking about ways to engage the audience, here are some tactics. 
You could put something in the audio. Of course, you can put something towards the beginning of the podcast or in the mid roll or middle of the podcast to say, Hey folks, taking a quick break. Hope you're enjoying the episode before we get back into it. One really quick request for you. And it's going to be a huge help for us. Can you do X action for us? You can find the link for it in our show notes right now, or you can go to our website. Thank you. Something as brief and as simple as that. You explain what it is they're doing, why it's important for you or valuable, and you thank them. Of course, you, ins- you can incentivize it. So another tactic you can do is say, hey, if you leave us a comment or if you leave us an a rating on Apple Podcasts, whatever the action item is, the person could be entered into a giveaway or they can receive a shout out on the podcast in an upcoming episode. You want to complete that feedback loop. You want them to know that you're seeing what they're doing, you value it, and you want to reward them for it. So consider that too, that if you're not only asking them for an action, how can you reward them for that action so they feel like they're being heard and that their time wasn't just wasted in doing that for you? Very important that make it super simple and easy for them to do it because the most precious thing that you're asking from them is their time and attention. And the moment you complicate it for them, they will lose interest. So make it super simple, super easy and reward them, incentivize. I think that is also a part of gamifying the entire process of getting something out of them. So yeah, that works well. Interesting insights you've given, Joni. So just a little breaking of the line kind of a question. What are your observations about the Indian podcasting landscape? Any particular insight, experiences or observations you've had from this side of the podcasting world? Yeah, I'll say this. One is that we have a great relationship at GSFN with their app and being able to work with them on, you know, just what are the podcast collections, the holidays that are being considered when it comes to audience engagement, audience interest for podcast listenership. So I just want to give them a special shout out because, you know, they've been lovely to work with and it shows that there is just a breadth of audio that wants to reach people's ears through their app service. But the other thing I'll note too is that just thinking of it through the US centric lens of what I perceive in the global scope of podcasting, you know, looking at news headlines in the US and podcast media publications, whether it's Hot Pod, H O T P O D, or if it's Pod News or Inside Podcasting, the list goes on. I have to admit that if anything, I see more news and updates around developments taking place in Europe or even Canada or elsewhere in North America, I should say at large, than I do with India. I see a little bit at large with, I just saw a recent interview with NPR talking with JustPod, which is a Chinese-based podcast company and firm. But honestly, there is so much that could be done to be able to say, here's what's happening on a global scope with podcasting aside from Eurocentric or English-centric countries. So if anything, I would say a lot of potential because... I haven't seen the potential being promoted just yet in these publications. Yes, I I hope uh, the Indian podcasting space will start making two headlines very soon all over the world. And that's what we are here trying to do through this podcast as well, to bring to the center stage and put the spotlight on all the amazing podcasters and the work that is being done in this part of the world in, in the content space, which is in audio format. So... So yeah, let's see where it goes. 
last question that I wanted to ask from you, Joni, was that what is the biggest podcasting trend you are most excited about? Ooh, most excited about. Well, I'll answer it in two ways. I will say that I'm excited about a trend that is also, I'm, I'm a little bit fearful of, and that's AI, simply because just like everyone out there, AI is a top of mind and it is such an interesting and dynamic component that can assist with podcasting in so many ways from drafting copy and interview questions to basically simulating an interview just like this one. But I say also I'm fearful of it because obviously there are some legal ramifications for using it, ethical questions, and you know, just humanity questions. At the end of the day, podcasting is an intimate medium and it's based around human connection. Can really that be replicated through artificial intelligence? Verdicts out uh, or not out, I should say. So I'd say that that's what I'm excited about, but also cautiously, you know, keeping an eye on, if you yeah. will. Same here. It's good, it's good that you brought this point up because this again is a debatable topic. How much of AI and this technology you want to get integrated in a space which is totally about human to human connection. But having said that, there are so many industries and spaces where disruption has happened and we are yet to see. Time will tell. So yeah, let's watch out for it. So yeah, incredible conversation, Joni. It was it was so nice to have you generously sharing so much about how to market your podcast. And thank you so much. Well, Roshni, thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it too. Hope this conversation helps you with your podcasting journey, whether you are an emerging or an established podcaster. For more such podcast insights, follow Indian Podcasting Revolution. And if you want help with the launch, management or growth of your podcast, check out our website www.dfyp.in, which is the acronym for Done For You Podcast. Because you see, we like to keep things simple. And yes, if you wish to be a part of an exclusive podcaster community, join the waitlist from the link given in show notes. That's all for Pod Pros at Indian Podcasting Revolution this week. We shall meet again in the next episode.